You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. The Daily Music Business Podcast. Welcome to the Daily Music Business Podcast, bringing you the dumb and dumbest podcast. I'm Matt Bacon, here with my beautiful co-host, Keith from Ghost Cult Mag. What's up? Yeah! Um, And today, what are we talking about, Keith? We're going to talk about how you nailed this intro. I'm really proud of you. Really proud. (laughs) You know, usually it takes me a couple takes. (laughs) Dude, like, you know my pain. Uh, We're actually going to talk about album artwork and why it matters to invest in it. Yep, and this is a big one. And, you know, and it's something that, like, I think people mess up. So so here's something interesting, actually, that was in one of my favorite webcomics in the world. Saturday morning breakfast cereal the other day. And what they brought pointed out was that... It takes 10 milliseconds for a sound to process. And it takes 15 milliseconds for something you see to process. The difference being that sound, there's another like 10 milliseconds of the sound actually having to happen at minimum so that you can actually process that sound. So we're a visual species. It's just, we just visually process faster. And also we can consume a lot more visual content than we can auditory content. You know, think about how many records you listen to in a day versus how many posts you look at in your Facebook feed or pictures you see in your Facebook feed, you know? Visual is how we're based as humans. It's why blind people have such a hard go of it, you know? Um, All this to say, what this means is that your album art really fucking matters. Because your album art, it's interesting to me for a couple of reasons. And I want your input on this, Keith, okay? Because your album art, first of all, it's like an indicator of like how much money you spent on this record. (laughs) Usually, you know, because no one who spent like 30 grand on like production gets like bad album art. But simultaneously, like the people who who like DIY'd it never get good album art. So that's usually a thing is like, it can be an indicator of like, oh, how good is this band's like, like how good is the music inside based on how good the art is because people do judge a book by its cover. But also I always like that, like your art and your logo, especially like in thrash metal, weirdly enough, <laughs> like very specifically tell people the genre and then the subgenre if your art is like on point enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like this is especially true in thrash metal where there's kind of clear bifurcations between like pizza thrash and prog thrash and like metallo worship and slayer worship um you know but it's all kind of under this the general thrash umbrella you know but i feel like that's another really key part of your album art is sort of the visual signifier of like oh this art has these motifs which means it must be in this genre you know what i mean like no one's making man of war-esque album art for their fucking indie rock band even though that'd be kind of badass um does my analysis there make sense? Um, 
Mr. Chachkis. It does. Total sense. And I'll tell you why. My dad was Mr. Chachkis, by the way. But um, here's the thing. He's not around anymore. <laughs> he went out for cigarettes one day and just never came home. And he made a new family somewhere else. So that's why. I, I mean, my, my current favorite quote was, I dropped this on someone at Psycho. I said, someone said, Mr. Bacon. I said, oh, Mr. Bacon was my father. Call me Lord Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Lord Bacon. Lord Bacon. I mean, anyway. you know, it was given to me by John Rossi. May he rest in peace. So. Oh, word. Love that guy. Um, anywho, album art matters. The Pilgrim. That's all right. And Pilgrim, Pilgrim. I mean, the band who their album art really told you immediately everything you needed to know about Pilgrim. Absolutely. Uh, for 100%. Uh, probably one of the, I'm sorry for interrupting. One, one of the best shows I ever saw in my life was Pilgrim at O'Brien's Club in Austin, Massachusetts, Absolutely. slash Boston. Let's Holy move shit. forward so I don't start crying. Don't cry. Um, rest in peace, John. Uh, artwork matters because if you have shitty artwork, it shows me you don't give a shit about your band, and neither should I. That's it. That's the whole thing. I used to buy, I came from the old school. You couldn't hear music in advance except for a single, occasionally. You really never heard a record until you took it home. In the 90s, we would go to Tower Records, or we would go to Virgin Megastore later on, a decade later, and you could hear music at listening stations before you bought it. But even then, the display was everything. Tower Records in New York City used to have these incredible bay windows, like a, almost a car dealership style, 10-foot windows with album artwork in it. And I'm telling you, if that artwork was garbage, I assume the music was too. Sometimes I was pleasantly surprised. There's definitely a list out there of the best albums with horrible artwork. Thrash metal is deeply guilty of this. Heavy metal is deeply guilty of this. Uh, I highly recommend anybody go out and get the art, the book of heavy metal art that's out there. It's a little baby coffee uh, table book that's soft cover, but it's beautifully printed of all the greatest and worst album covers ever. And, um, you know, if you don't care about your artwork, if you're not talented and inclined uh, at art, get someone who is. I understand that it's an expense and you picked a, prof a profession, you picked a passion that is costly. Uh, I just interviewed uh, Larissa Stupar today from Venom Prison. Their new record comes out tomorrow, and it's kind of two new songs and, you know, sort of a collection of their previous stuff. And the album artwork is done by fucking Eleron Cantor, who was one of the greatest artists in the world, period. And he paints album covers, or he makes paintings that become album covers, and he paints with his dad. And this thing looks like it's looking out from the inside of a church, like you might be sitting in a church pew looking out a ginormous church window at like fucking Mount Doom, Mordor. It's fucking creepy and ominous and tells you everything you need to know about this band in one iconic image and their logo tastefully placed in the top left-hand corner. Beautiful, perfect. Artwork, 10 of 10. The album's pretty damn awesome too. Two new songs are, ball, you know, just baller. So yeah, man, it matters. It matters a lot. Yeah, and... and, and... But what you said really hit the nail on the head. You know, if your art looks like garbage, you know, then people are just going to not trust you. And, you know, and ultimately, like, one thing I always want to point out is, like, listen, like, music, whatever, I get it. Like, but <laughs> with your art, like, be sh this is a place you really need to listen to your peers. 
You know what I mean? Like, this is a place you really need to listen to the people around you, the people not in the band. Because I think, like, while, yes, it's important that, like, your music kind of reflects you, but, you know, this is why getting a producer is valuable. Getting, like, other people to hit you up and be, like, or to talk to and be like, hey, is this art good? It's so important. Like, we're doing that right now with the band on Blacklight Media. And it's just been so much of just going back and forth. I just like, this is the debut album. This is the thing that like, if they do it right, they get to play the cool kid tours. You know what I mean? So like, we're all just fucking excruciating over this artwork so that they can play the cool kid tours. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like I that, that's, that's where it matters is it's like, okay, how do we get them to a point where you know, those other bands who they admire will be like, okay, they're dope. And like, ultimately, if those bands think their art is, is garbage, they're not even going to press play. Because you don't press play when someone's art is garbage. You, dear listener, you know, I think Keith sometimes takes a few more risks, but broadly speaking, I don't think Chris, Keith presses play either. Um, I mean, I also am a, I, you know, I am bombarded with music every day. Yeah, so you're in a different I'm, position I, than most it, Keith, the journalist, is a lot less picky than teenage Keithy at Tower Records in high school. Yeah, but even... Sixth Street. Yeah, but, but even, like, regardless, like, people in general, like, you know, you're... Like, think about... And it's also interesting to me, because, like, even as album art becomes, like, a thumbnail-sized thing, it still matters. You know, think about when you're looking at you know, let's say you're looking at new death metal on Bandcamp. You know, each of those album covers is no more than an inch or two wide on your screen. And yet, the one, you know, you're always going to click, you know, you'll click on like, for, assuming you have no other context, like you haven't heard any of these bands or whatever. You're always going to click on the band with the sickest art first. You know what I mean? And then the thing is, like, when you get really good art, you can bring that into your narrative. You can make a lyric video out of that. You can make merch out of that. You know, it becomes something iconic, the way Rivers and Nile did with their first record. That's a band who's always had great art. But that first record in particular, I think a lot of people who didn't know them gave them a shot just because the art was dope. You know what I mean? And they were like, oh, okay, well, like, if, if, if their art looks like this, then they're probably not garbage. You know, um, and that's that's an important reality to embrace, you know, even if like, yes, it would be cool if everyone just cared about the music, but like the music needs some form of packaging and, you know, you need to accept that and embrace it and figure out how your way forward is going to be. You know what I'm saying? I do. Um, and it's really, it's really that simple to me. It's just... You know, figure out like, okay, what is our, what does our music reflect? How can we tie this all together? You know, how can we make it all make sense to someone who hasn't heard of us before? Then you go from there. And it's a hard fucking thing to do. Don't get me wrong. You know, like I'm not trying to make it seem like anyone can have great art that immediately communicates, you know, but taking the time to figure out what you want to communicate with your art is valuable. How do you know if a piece of, um, album artwork is good, Keith. Well, a few things, and I'm really glad you pivoted to this because I have some thoughts. And I, I don't want to, you know, what I try to do when we have these conversations is you don't want to be tone deaf. I listen. 
I understand not everybody can afford Elrond Cantor. Uh, you know, not everybody can afford a huge budget for art, but that doesn't mean you should sacrifice and have terrible art. And so, when I two twofold answer, when I see good art, how do I know it? The image is high quality. It is not amateurish or childish. It can be. You can be silly. You can be funny. You can be. You know, all those things. You can listen, a whole pizza thrash genre, neo thrash crossover, municipal waste, made a whole career out of iconic album art based on a trope that is 30 years old of Exodus album covers. And a trope that like didn't really exist in the first place. They just kind of like pretended it it did. (laughs) Right. Yes. And shout out to them. Um, But like the other part of it is okay, if you can't have some kind of iconic, incredible artists work for you there's plenty of great talented people out there first of all pay people don't steal anything i say this about photography all the time don't steal anything pay somebody if it's worth having it's worth paying them for something work something out find an artist that relates to you or understands you if you can work with them if you can't there are other options and i'm gonna pick out i'm gonna pull out one right here which kind of calls back to something you said earlier you, you're trying to express the value your band has. I'm not talking about dollar value. I'm talking about the value, the genre, the quality, the mindset, the ethos of your brand and your band. And so I'm going to shout out an album cover I like. It's very simple. It may or may not have cost a lot of money. It might have been done by the band themselves. <clears throat> I'm talking about the recent self-titled album from King Gorm, our friend Francis Anger Roberts. Yeah, shout, that's a great out. one. Super simple. If you follow that band or know what that band is about or the bands that guy has been in, the leader, the album book looks like either a very, the artwork looks like it could have been an image of a ratty copy of Tolkien's Lord of the Rings or a Dungeon Master Guide because that's what it's supposed to be. I look at this album cover, I already know what the music is in my mind, in my mind's eye, before I hear a note. It's not, it wasn't expensively created. It's extremely simple. There's a very elegant, nice sized font with the band title. It's a self-titled album. It's not fucking flowery. It's not, it's just simple and perfect, man. And like, sometimes that's enough. And you see a lot of mistake album artwork where they tried too fucking hard to match the song title or the essence of the band. And they really, just wildly fucked up. A swung yeah. and missed big time. <clears throat> yeah, and, and that, that's a key thing, you know, is that sometimes simple is good. You know, I think that there's always this push to be iconic, and I think that's a huge, huge pressure um, to put on you, my fellow Americans. And I think that what we need to do instead is just realize invest in something that matters and something that, that reflects your aesthetic, you know, something where you paid someone who's like done album art before, you know, and then go from there. Cause like one thing to understand is that, um, most of the guys doing this album, these album covers are not extraordinarily well off or making an extraordinary amount of money. Right. Like, You'd be surprised some of the people you can get for five hundred or a thousand bucks. You know, I think oh, sure. pets, <laughs> you frequently deify someone when it's like, oh no, like that guy will like 
do your art for 500 bucks or a grand. You know, like people like Lord of the Road logos, my friend Christoph Spazdo, you know, like that's not a guy who's like insanely expensive. You know, I don't think Mark Riddick is like super crazy expensive either. You know what I mean? Like they have a price point that makes sense for them and, it, and it's high-ish, but it's not like, it's, it's not like a bunch of money. So I would just, you know, so, so don't be afraid to reach out and like ask some motherfuckers like, cause sometimes it's not as much as you think. And especially sometimes you don't have to get the rivers and Nile fucking blown out, huge, massive design that probably costs them a bunch of money, but you can get that dude to do something simpler. You know what I mean? Like you'd, you'd be so shocked at like, you know, one of our good friends, my friend Dante Torrieri is a friend of, Keith as well. You know, Dante and I have been friends for very long since I was 18 years old. I gave him a flyer at a clutch show. Um, and he and I, uh, you know, he's, he shoots for Baroness, right? Like one of the biggest rock bands in the world right now. Like that dude is not like also is able to price himself in a way that makes sense for like unsigned bands. You know what I mean? And he does enough that like, you know, it's not just like, trust fun kids so like you know like you can do it at whatever you know like you can get these things happening you know um it's not as expensive as you would think so just go out ask have some good album art it do, it is worth it you know um it you know good album art is part of what makes this country great <laughs> And it's, it's part of what we can do together to bring metal back to the fore, to make metal great again. This has been Dumb and Dumbest. You have been listening. I've been watching the debates too much. Is there a fly on your head? Subscribe today to the Daily Music Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Hey there, I'm Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now.